Welcome to another episode of My Name's Jose Naharo, and today we're going to take a look at a recap of Netflix quarter two earnings. Quarter three is coming up in the next few days for this company, so I want to take a look back at quarter two to know what to keep an eye on for quarter three. Like always, I have my buddies Darth Bear and Bull Solo ready to keep track to see how the company is doing. But since this is a recap video, these guys are just going to be watching today. So let's get started. So like always, just all the information that I've collected today comes mainly from Netflix investors website, their shareholders letter, and earnings slideshow. So let's just do a quick stock price review. Before last earnings, Netflix closed at 362. And after earnings were reported, it dropped as low as 320. Since then, the stock has dropped to as low as 254 and has gone as high as 336. Right now, two days before earnings, this is Monday, earnings is on Wednesday, the stock is sitting at around $287. So next is going to be quarter two top topics, and this is comparing quarter two of this year compared to quarter two of last year. Revenue growth accelerated 400 basis points by 20 to 26%, operating income increased 53%, 53%, paid membership grew by $2.7 million. And this was the main reason why Netflix dropped so much. Paid membership only grew by $2.7 million when they expected a $5 million forecast. And same time last year actually had $5.5 million in revenue. So this is in subscriber growth. So this is the one and the most important thing we're going to have to definitely take a look at in these upcoming earnings. Operating margins was up of about 14.3%. And this reason, the reason it was up is because they moved some spending that was supposed to happen in this in, in the first part of the year to the second half of the year. So we're most likely going to see this in quarter three and quarter four. So we're going to see a few more expenses and we're going to see operating margins not be as high as 14.3% in quarter three. If we do see something of about 14.3 or higher in quarter three, that's definitely good news unless they tell us again the same thing that the expenses that were forecasted have been moved on to quarter four. Earnings per share amounted to 660 cents versus 85 cents previously year. And then streaming content obligations decreased 2% sequentially, reflecting a shift to more owned versus licensed content. So right, as we all see, and Netflix is trying, they know that all of these competitors are coming and they're gonna start taking products out of Netflix. So the best way for Netflix to combat this is for them to start doing more owned license opposed more own own content opposed to licensing content. And we see with Stranger Things and Paper House and all these new series that have come out on Netflix that Netflix is definitely trying to shift to that direction. Next, they've also reported the average streaming paid membership increased 24% year over year and the average revenue per user increased 3% year over year on a reported basis. And I'm pretty sure the reason all this has happened is because Netflix has been increasing prices because this is just the average return per user. So if, if it's increased, the only way they increased higher, higher value is if they reduce the cost, so they probably reduce the cost, but they've also increased the cost of reduce the expenses that they use, not reduce the cost. So they reduce the expenses that they use and they've also increased the price of Netflix as a whole. So now we're going to take a look at the fun part and this is quarter three forecast. 
They expect to grow by 7 million paid memberships, more than the 6.1 million in quarter three a year ago. So 7 million new subscribers. This is the number we're going to have to take a look at on Wednesday's report. Are they going to meet these expectations that they set or are they going to miss it like they did for quarter two? And quarter two, they did miss it by a lot. We'll take a look uh, in a bit that they did miss quarter two by a lot. So they, they're breaking down the 7 million to about 0.8 million are coming from the United States and the rest, the 6.2 million are coming from international. That's actually a huge number coming from, from international. 6.2 million and we can see United States is their most developed market and that's why we, when it becomes the most developed, you usually start seeing a slow and increase in, in from that market and we can see 0.8 million compared to 6.2 million internationally is where it's at for Netflix at the moment. All right, so next, these are the other forecasts outside of paid membership. They expect revenue to be 5.2 billion dollars compared to 3.99 almost four billion dollars same time last year operating income to be 833 million compared to 481 million uh, a year ago operating margins actually they're expecting an increase of 15.9 percent compared to 12.0 percent same time last year net income of 470 compared to 403 and earnings per share diluted of a dollar four cents compared to 89 cents so we can see throughout the whole map they are expecting a pretty strong quarter a, ve a very strong quarter they're expecting their total global stream paid memberships to be up to 158 million point users that's that's ridiculous growth and we're gonna see i can't i honestly can't wait to see how this goes down so next a few more things about quarter three quarter three when they reported earnings of quarter two, they they were doing this already inside quarter three. So they saw the first two weeks of quarter three, and they did mention that it was a, it was definitely a strong quarter, um, beginning of the quarter. Quarter three definitely had some some big names coming on. They had the Stranger Things season three. They had the second half uh, of La Casa de Papel Money Heist, The Crown, the final season of Orange Is the New Black, and they had some big films in 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 netflix this this past quarter so they are they did say that the beginning of quarter three was pretty strong let's see if the middle and the end were also as strong they also did mention that u.s paid membership was essentially flat in quarter two they expect to return to a more typical growth in quarter three and are seeing that in the early weeks of quarter three so they did mention in quarter two earnings that quarter three was starting to look like a very strong quarter that they expected so will this be the case we'll find out so like i told you right subscriber growth this is the graph that shows subscriber growth right in quarter two here is the big loss of five million dollars estimated in quarter two and they only got 2.7 million so yes, every year it seems, if we take a look, this shows 2016, 2017, and 2018 for those that are listening to the podcast. This graph shows that every, at least once a year, the company misses their expectations. Every other quarter, it, it, it seems to be a different quarter. It seems to be either quarter one or quarter two. So it's 2016, 2017, quarter one were the ones that were missed, 2018, 2019, quarter two. So if this was going to happen in 2019, that quarter two was the one that missed. And then quarter three and quarter four are going to be expectations. Um, I'm not sure. The only thing that really scares me here is 
the difference between the expectations and the actuals. Usually it's about a 1 million, a 1 million range difference, it's even less most of the time. Um, where here in quarter two, it was almost, it was over 3 million miss. And that, that to me was that is definitely a red flag. But one thing I do like about Netflix is when they estimate their subscriber growth, they strive for accuracy, not conservatism, which means that some quarters will be high and order quarters low relative to guidance. And this is one thing I do like about Netflix is most companies just try to be conservative with when they give forecast. And when they do give forecasts, right, they're going to give you that, hey, we're going to make a penny. In reality, they're going to make a dollar, but they don't want to make the shareholders um, angry if they do miss. So they give a value that they know they're going to be. Um, when Netflix says they don't do that, they give you numbers that they believe they will achieve with the hard work. And we're going to see with that 7 million quarter three is the most important. So in quarter two, they also did mention some of the reasons why they missed this forecast. The first reason was the missed forecast was across all regions, but slightly more so in regions with price increases. So remember, Netflix did increase prices during quarter two and quarter one of this year, and that slowed down a bit. So this is something that they should have seen coming. The next thing is they said they don't believe that fact that competition was a factor since there wasn't a material change in the competitive landscape during quarter two. So quarter two was the time when like Disney Plus was announcing, when Apple TV was announcing, all these big players were announcing their streaming services um, and their release date, but there still wasn't the competitive in there. So they're not blaming that loss because of that. And that to me is actually a bad thing. So there was no new competition, but you still had a slowdown in revenue What's and, and subscriber growth. So what's going to happen when that competition does come? And now we can see Disney Plus did release their pre-order and they come out in less than a month from now. I think 30 days is when Disney Plus comes out. How is that going to affect subscriber growth in the long term? And that's one thing that this company definitely needs to keep track on. They also do mention that quarter two had pretty slate content um, and it didn't drive as much as much uh, as much attention as they thought it would. Um, and obviously that's what happens. Sometimes you can anticipate that a show will be good, but in reality it might not do as well. And hopefully that wasn't the case with quarter three, because if that was the case, quarter three definitely had some good shows. Um, so hopefully we don't see that slowdown continue. The final thing was that quarter one was so large that they believe it added almost 10 million new users. They believe that this extremely extension of users eventually like a rubber band effect pulls back and they eventually stabilizes and that's why they saw quarter one was pretty strong but quarter two was pretty weak but one thing to note is quarter one if we take a look at their forecast versus actuals it wasn't as far from their from what their from what their forecast uh, entitled them right their forecast was 8.9 million and they grew 9.6 million so they beat by 7 million but they missed by 2.3 million. 2.3, am I right? Three. Yeah, 2.3 million. So, I mean, that th those numbers, again, don't add up. So it's something we are, That's I think that's going to be the most important thing to take a look at this upcoming quarter is going to be how well the uh, subscriber growth is doing for the company.
So one more thing about unsubscribers, and this was very important, and it's the first time I've seen this happen in Netflix in, in some of the past Q report, um, 10 Q reports that I took a look at. On June 30th, paid, mem paid net membership additions were actually a loss. So they actually lost since June 30th, 2019, they lost 126 thousand i think that was thousands i totally forgot i'm pretty sure this this isn't thousand they lost 126 thousand users in june 30th 2019 compared to three months back and that unfortunately is not a good sign that was also another scary sign when i saw that in netflix that was i this is the first time i ever saw netflix actually mentioned that they and this is the the scary thing right when they talk in the earnings transcript they don't mention that they had a net membership net loss they don't mention this they just said that it was pretty much flat but this was actually the first time that netflix had negative subscribers so they lost about 126,000 subscribers and that's not a joking matter this this is the first time that that's happened this is another thing that we're gonna have to keep a look at in next in the next quarter so now we're just going to take a look at their marketing strategies to just give you guys a refresh of what they're trying to do. And we're going to see how this plan shifts from the upcoming quarters, um, the upcoming earnings. So the first thing is they want to increase um, their original content. And by doing this, they also want to increase their marketing to both build excitement amongst existing and non-members, existing members and non-members. And a great example is they, they strive to do, um, when they launch Stranger Things, they partner with brands like Coke, Nike, Burger King, Baskin Robbins, and so many to build a connection to those that already knew the franchise and those and non-members that didn't know about the franchise. So they're trying to definitely market their strategies pretty well. The next thing they wanted to do is they are in... They do have partnerships with a lot of the cable televisions where they include some form of membership of Netflix when they go with these cable companies. They have it with AT&T, with Dish, Comcast, Verizon, T-Mobile, Charter, and Optimum LT. So that's that's pretty smart, and right? It's pretty smart because they are, cable is still probably one of the most paid, paid services out there, right? The number of people still paying for, even though people are cutting cords, there's still a huge amount of customers that are still that still have cable. I'm one of them. Um, and by having this these plans where it includes Netflix, it helps build a brand knowledge to those that are still in court and eventually might push them outside of, of, of cable into just streaming devices. Finally, this is this one I thought was pretty cool. In quarter three, they were they were they were experimenting to launch a low-priced um tv tv plan for netflix this was supposed to be like a mobile screen only it wasn't supposed to include tvs it was in india where india tv in india is usually some a charge below five dollars so they were trying to make a low plan which only allowed mobile screen um, for less than five dollars and they were trying to release this in india it was supposed to launch in quarter three so we're going to take a look at um, how well that's done and if, it's, if it has helped out um, the company. One thing I want to take a look at, though, is if they did release it in India, I can, I can see why, right? If they did release this program in India, I can see why they expect such a huge number of, of subscriber growth for quarter three. 
The problem is the thing that one's going to need to definitely take a look at is this 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 plan is going to be lower cost than your normal Netflix, so they're going to produce lower average revenue per users. But are they going to report that to to us as a shareholder, or are they just going to give us the good news that hey, we increased we increased um, we increased subscribers by by X amount, but in reality, even though they they increase subscribers by X amount, the amount of money coming in is not going to be as strong as if they weren't in the lower priced mobile screen. So these again, I, I'm I'm definitely glad I'm doing this video because it, it's helping me see what I'm going to need to take a look at on Wednesdays. Another thing we saw on quarter two is they did have Jackie Lee Joe, which was their new CMO, take take lead of the marketing and it's going to do it to the next level. I just want to see what this guy has to say during the earnings and how he's he's helping out in the company. So we did talk about competition, competition right in the most um, over the next 12 months of quarter two, right? This is of quarter two. So now it's even the next three months. Disney is the most, it's the closest one. Disney and Apple TV are all going hard on advertising. Everywhere I go, Twitter, um, Google, I see Disney Plus and Apple TV. Even on YouTube, I see them and I see them promoting it pretty heavy. YouTube as well. So these, these new services are going to definitely provide strong competition against Netflix. But one thing I did I did find pretty interesting in the U.S., which is the most developed market, they still only earn about 10% of consumers' television time. So there's plenty of market left. Now we just need a. There's plenty of market left in this in the United States alone. If they're only reaching 10% of the consumers' television time, so and that's and it's less of their mobile screen time. So they still have much room to grow. And this is a way if they can get those re the, those other 90 person 90 consumers moved into Netflix, then it doesn't even matter if Disney Plus, Apple, or all these all these sectors join join in. The pot is is plenty of big, and there's definitely plenty of consumers ready to get this product. Now they just need to convert them into using the products. Another thing that they mentioned is Netflix ads. A lot of people were talking that Netflix was doing something where they were going to start promoting ads and charging people, right? Um, charging for the ads. Netflix says that this is a lie, so don't even worry about that. Let's see if in quarter three this is truth and they don't change their mind about Netflix ads. So I think this is going to be the last slide. One thing is this company, even though they are producing a positive net income, they are so much in debt that they have a, a negative cash flow from operating activities. A negative operating cash flow, operate cash flow from operations is negative. Quarter two was negative five hundred and forty-four million compared to five hundred negative five hundred and eighteen million the prior year. Free cash flow was a total of five hundred and ninety-four million, and they expect for this year of two thousand and nineteen to be negative $3.5 billion. So we can see this company is definitely burning cash. $3.5 million being thrown, being thrown out at the moment for 2019. They say that they are expecting improvement in 2020, but they did not say they're expecting a positive cash flow. They're just saying improvement. So that negative 3.5 million might just be negative 3 billion next year. The good thing is money is pretty cheap at the moment. Uh, they did 
in, in quarter two, they did do some more senior notes where they raised about um, about $2 billion, a little over $2 billion with 3.8% interest and a 5.3% interest, both which are pretty low, pretty low um, interest rates for 10.5 years. Um, so yeah, the, like I said, money is pretty cheap. And as long as the company is able to maintain this leverage, um, leverage and debt is not always bad. Um, having a negative free cash flow is not bad when they're trying to be a growing company. But eventually, if, if that debt becomes too much to handle, that's when things start to get scary. So this is something... This is something to keep an eye out in quarter three. See if they have any more news of how much they plan to improve in the next few quarters. So that's it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this this episode of a creep recap on Netflix. Let me know what you guys thought. Let me know what you guys are going to take a look at. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jose Naharo Stocks. You can also find my podcast, Jose Naharo Stocks. And if you want to listen to this on your ride on your ride to on your ride to work or when you're commuting wherever you go to school, uh, like I said, this is it's it's pretty helpful. I, I enjoy doing these videos. It helps me, and I hope it helps you guys. So make sure to give me a thumbs up, subscribe, guys. Post in the comments what you guys are ready to see. Take care. Have a good night, and see you next time.